Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to today's lunchtime chat. Hello, darlings. Hello, dear starshines. Hello, Laura. So good to see you. Hi, Carol. Glad you guys are here. Um, for those of you who are new, my name is Christina and I am an acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for us star seeds, way showers, and new paradigm visionaries. We have capacities, we have abilities that are not embraced by our larger human family. So our particular uh, perspective to the kinds of challenges we're facing in this chaotic changing world are very unique to us. And I am here to give to the best of my ability a liberated perspective so we can continue to walk our path with authentic, authenticity, truth, and inner freedom. You know, uh, so this is important to me, and I imagine these sorts of things are important to you as well. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, boy, we have a lot of great stuff to talk about today. Um, <clears throat> very big energies are washing through the collective, and it is bringing stuff up for us all. All of us on some level probably multiple levels, are having what a tarot reader might call tower moments, okay? What are tower moments? Tower moments is when some particular construct of your reality comes crumbling down because of some personal crisis. Something happens that completely shatters your idea of who you thought you were, who you thought another person was, who, what you thought life was about, there's lots of nesting dolls that that tower can address. But all of us as a collective species are having tower moment after tower moment after tower moment. And it's waking us up. It's very painful. And if we do our inner work, which if you're here, you probably are, um, you're able to out turn this into a great inner alchemy. You're able to step outside of the loops, the mental loops that are connected to these towers that are crumbling and actually get into the deeper part of you that is participating in the creation of not just the tower moment but the creation of the construct that was the illusion delusion and as you get deeper into yourself of how you were participating slash creating these things i'm talking about deep self it just that part of you wakes up and you are done with that part of the cycle. And you're no longer in the loop now in the space of something else, something different. And you are able to have an awareness of more levels of your own authenticity when facing these things. So I wanna go into some of the collective pieces that are showing this, but I also want to um, give you guys well, I think there's going to be some really uplifting pieces in here. Okay. So last week I talked about authentic relationships and stuff like this and how uh, most relationships, we go into these as silent agreements and um, we go into these silent, agree silent agreements and then we, you know, are shocked when we find out that our relationship was based on a lie, right? Um, there is a, a comment um, shared by Dear Starshine. By the way, thank you everybody for your comments on both the clips but the, the, full, the full version of those chats. Um, I found them very insightful and, I, and very heartwarming actually because I can feel the beauty. It's really strange. I can actually feel the beauty within you, within your hearts when you're expressing and, and that was touching. That touched me. Um, but a dear sister Starshine was sharing about how um, she's feeling, you know, really disconnected from friends and family because she can feel the programs running and, you know, the what we'll call the mask. She can feel, you know, everybody in these masks and feels authentic and, and she posed this question of, you know, how is this reflection of me not being authentic, you know? And it's a very, very simple answer. And I wouldn't say being inauthentic. I, I would say there's just a part of us that's not ready, you know, to really show up in, in, these, in these dynamics. And the part of us that I'm talking about is first we have to feel the alienation that happens when we can't be inauthentic, you know? Because as soon as you start speaking truth, 
you know, the people that don't want the truth will stop wanting to be around, right? <laughs> and that's painful and because it's rejection, you know, so we have to go through, you know, those feelings of being rejected and in, then the disappointment of other people's poor decisions. And, you know, we go through those feelings and as you get into the feeling deeper, 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 those we can realize that those dynamics that we're experiencing are serving us too. They're serving us and being more deeper and authentic inside of ourselves because now we can touch those parts of us that are affected by inauthenticity or affected by how others look at us, treat us. Right? So I would say, you know, we are these infinite beings with to have a capacity for so much love and compassion, you know? And you know you've really gotten through all the feeling parts that need to be acknowledged because all of a sudden the perspective on those experiences changes and the feeling is compassion. Like really love, compassion for oneself, but also all those that we're witnessing in those situations being inauthentic. Okay, or I would even say, you know, denying themselves to be seen. So this is this is a big growth piece for us all, because like I said, these tower moments are happening for all of us. So this 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 I mean, that that's my my response when I hear it. I, I imagine this probably could have been more of a rhetorical <laughs> rhetorical question, but um, but I wanted to speak to this because. We get this discouraged because people aren't able to meet us in how we want to be met, right? And that creates a response inside of us. And as long as the power is out here, we're not really getting to what's inside of us that feels rejected or what um, inside of us feels abandoned or what side of us doesn't trust that all is a good order you know there, there's a whole bunch of layers of things in there right we have to get to it you don't know until you're there feeling it you know that you're in a loop because you know you know you, you, the loop that the dialogue inside doesn't change it's it's the same wording over and over and over again feelings don't have words we can put words to feelings yes but when you're in a feeling and you're having the feeling there's no words. It's just pure energy moving, emotional energy moving. And that's the juicy stuff. That's what we want, the energy to move. Because as we release this pent-up energy, this part of us that's been stuck in the same experience over and over and over again, the same experience of rejection, the same experience of, of being, you know, our innocence being... Um, defiled even you know our, our beauty our love being being uh you know distorted you know whatever whatever it is those as soon as we have those feelings we can get to that part of us that's actually participating in that and that is where your real love and compassion comes in um i had a uh oh shoot i wasn't going to share the story but it's up so i i guess i will uh i had a few nights where i was i was not sleeping which isn't like me i sleep like a rock you know and usually and uh and these dreams just kept coming and coming and coming and i was like what the heck is this going on and i was in a loop i was in a loop it took me a while because i had a lot of emotional charge that these loops were touching but then i realized my gosh i'm in a loop i've been living this pattern for for decades, <laughs> you know? And then, so then I was, you know, I chose to sat, sit down and really get into it and let myself have the feeling. And what I realized was I, I finally got to that part of me that was participating in the dynamic. And in my case, it was like, you know, I was, hold, I was kind of holding on to a dynamic that I knew didn't serve me. I knew wasn't what I wanted and I knew wasn't the direction I wanted to go. But at the same time, I was still holding on and I couldn't figure it out. And, you know, so it's been up and then these dreams were coming and then I revisited the feeling in the dream, you know, I, I recounted the dream in my mind and the imagery and, you know, I just went right back into it and the feeling was there. It's crush. It was crushing feeling. And, uh, and I just went into it and I cried and cried and cried. And then I was rageful. Then I was in panic. You know, I just went through all these stages until finally I got to that part of me 
that was doing that, that was creating that, that, that was holding on to something that was toxic. And she woke up. And waves of forgiveness and gratitude just came into my body. And I just cried and cried and cried and felt so much better. And I've been sleeping well ever since. And the outer dynamic of that relationship that I'm in or was in, well, I'm in and not in, right? Sort of, I'm at a distance now. And um, all of a sudden I felt okay with the whole thing. I felt oh, completely okay. So that's a personal story of these pieces, but I'm gonna get into the collective because this is really fun stuff. The collective is waking up. What was once the paranormal is now becoming the normal and humanity is, is waking up to this in a whole nother level. And what do I mean by that? Um, and that, that's our stories. You know, that's our stories. That's our connections with the uh, uh, narratives in the collective. That's um, from movies to books to politicians to whatever. You know, all these narratives that are going on, that are getting putting out there. The veils are so thin between the worlds. They're quite literally pulling in intergalactic stellar intergalactic and cosmic frequencies into our collective and it's kicking our ass on a collective level and i'm loving it i mean i'm loving it because it's a change that has to happen not because i love the pain i don't but we have to go through the pain that we have to go through individually and collective in order to get to the other side of it and grow and become stronger so I know that this is all happening in the collective. This pain is happening because we have to go through it in order to wake up to something new on the other side. Um, last week I talked about the rise of the divine masculine and um, how the collective being ready for a whole other level of that um, was reflected in the release of the um, Sound of Freedom movie, right? Which I kind of butchered the details in that, so I'm, I apologize for that, guys. I knew it was a government agent. I just kind of went to FBI, but that's, you know, see, that's my own rigid thinking there. Um, anyway, so I had no idea. Dear Brother Starshine sent me this clip. I had no idea it became the number one movie in America. I had no idea. And I think it was very cool that it did. Because that movie, quite literally, for those who are ready for it or available for it, ignited the internal fire. Of, of the spirit of the, of the people that were exposed to those stories. It inspired on such deep levels their inner fire, which is exactly what humanity needs. We need our inner fire because that gives us the inspiration and the strength to say no to the atrocities, the, to the things that are wrong in our world, in our personal world, but also... Um, the, the community at large. And this divine masculine coming to, to be within the collective is really, really important, especially in the context of saving innocence or restoring innocence. Because it's the loss of innocence that directly connects, and this is my, my view, you guys feel free to share your view on this, but through my experience that the loss of innocence directly is connected to our unworthiness, our feelings of unworthiness. Unworthiness to be loved, unworthiness to be happy, you know, stuff like this. So, um, <laughs> us reclaiming our innocence is essential here. So when we have pain and we go through these pieces, if there's no one to blame and there's nothing wrong with us for making mistakes, they just are mistakes. They're just things that we realize are different. And as Maya Angelou says, you know, um, when we learn, when we learn better, we do better, you know, and that's, that's the truth as a parent, as a partner, as a friend, as a sister, as a brother, right? This is so true. Where things go wrong is when you learn better and then you still choose not to do better. And that's where, you know, the ass kicking comes in, <laughs> especially in today's world and the energies that are flooding our collective right now. So you guys, following your truth is the path through this chaos. And this is humanity's path through the chaos too. And 
when we are in our innocence, when we are in our purity, this is where real magic happens. This is where the beauty can truly show up in this reality for us. And I have a story for this. Um, now, so in Light Body, we do we communicate with nature spirits, and um, we we work at removing blinders and rigid ways of thinking and being, so we can have a deeper connection and awareness and communication dialogue with more aspects of ourselves, but also the natural world and with other humans. We do this, and. Uh, so peeling off the blinders is an essential thing. And blinders are always associated with assumptions, beliefs, traumas, you know, stuff like this. It could be in soul level or, or beyond that. So we restore, we restore things that we were once blind to. We restore these levels of our awareness. And as part of that, we become uh, acutely aware of the life around us, not just the life and not just, you know, but our interconnectedness with it and with each other. You know, we're also a human community that's deeply interconnected, that's aware of it. And uh, and there was a Dear Starshine in, um, in Aussie, actually. She sent me this video. And it was about a woman talking about a fern, communicating with her fern. She was a massage therapist, and uh, she had a fern in her office. And it was a beautiful, happy fern. And, um, you know, she watered and sang to her fern. And one day, I think she was in a session, she was in an altered state, she felt a call from this fern. This fern wanted to be, um, wanted to propagate, wanted to fertilize, which means blooming and then having um, bees come in and, uh, and to pollinate them and do, their, do what they do as far as pollination goes. And in her mind, she said to the fern, like, ha, good luck with that. You know, you're in an office building, you know, <laughs> there's no bees here. There's no, there's no way for any kind of, a bees to make it to you to to um to pollinate to do its, his pollination and and then she left and then came back i don't know if it's the next day or a couple days later and the fern had blooms and in one of the blooms was a bee and she's like, how in the world did that happen? <laughs> how in the world did a bee get to this bloom? Let alone, like, know that it's there, let alone come to it and get into this building because it's, uh, you know, temperature-controlled office building kind of setting. And, uh, and, but then it dawned on her later in, a, in, in meditation, it dawned on her that that fern's desire was so pure in its innocence and desire it quite literally manifested exactly what it wanted because it was in total purity at the time. You see what I mean? Humans operate like this too. And this is why the control systems, you know, this is one of the many reasons why the control systems that be attack our innocence. They attack the innocence of our children. It, it attacks our innocence, our religions. You're born a sinner, right? Boom, you're not innocent anymore. You're a sinner, right? So, you know, these, these pieces run deep within humanity. But what I'm saying, all these tower moments that are happening, this is our opportunity to reclaim that, to reclaim all of that. And it's not just the rise of Cosmic Mother, of the Great mother it's also the rise of the sacred father as well the, the two dynamics need to work together to propagate this innocent child this this innocence within our being okay so that's inside of us too our own the innocence within our being so <laughs> it's absolutely a huge act of power to choose, decide to only be in your truth and, you know, to only speak the truth from within you, like being honest with yourself. You have to be honest with yourself before you can be honest with others. And then, you know, then you, through your interactions, this amazing adventure unfolds and you discover things in that adventure. You have no idea what the truth is going to do. If you tell yourself, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say the truth and then people are going to be mad at me. Okay. That is a program that's been implanted. It may or may not be true. You don't know until it happens. And cause in the moment, you know, there's a deeper level of you present in your actions and in your words 
and you're going to see another option. Your awareness is expanded from the program, and you can, if there's another potential, you'll be able to see it and be with that potential. So um, that clip that Dear Brother Starshine showed me, it was not just, um, what it was was a news uh, reel about all the hit pieces that CNN and um, NBC, all these different news are, are they're doing slamming the, um, the Tim Ballard story. And, um, the, and this is the power of the truth here. As Mark Twain says, you know, a lie will make it around the world while truth is still putting its shoes on, right? And this is the truth, you know, this is, this is a real thing. That's just because of the collective, how it's programmed to work. But here's the thing. This is a collective of, there's a group of people that are absolutely committed to telling their story and revealing the truth. So the organize, the legacy media organizations are going to do their thing. And yeah, it might get some traction until the live people that were involved in this true story come forward and start sharing their truth, start sharing the, sharing the story, right? And now there's a whole other layer of truth that gets put in there that they have to go up against. And every human that watches that movie who gets that inner fire sparked is going to, you know, this, the, the powers that be, you know, it's going to reveal, they're going to reveal themselves and that human's going to wake up to a whole other level to the kind of mani manipulation going on, right? <laughs> Quite literally, a battle is unfolding before our eyes in the collective. And this movie is only one, only one of many movements. I also talked about RFK. And this is something, you know, I watched an interview that he did, I think it was with Joe Rogan, where he talked about Sisyphus and the work of Camus, which is also a Sasquatch elder's name, by the way. <laughs> no accident there. Anyway, um, it's fascinating because in that interview, he invoked a very, very powerful story, a myth, a legend. And this myth and legend comes from a time when humanity and the veils of the unseen world, we'll say the, you know, the invisible realm, the God realms even, the overlap was, was still there. This is coming from ancient Greek, Roman, um, you know, ancient times, thousands of years ago. Humans were not quite as asleep as they are now. They were a bit, but not, not all the way. The, there were places where the interdimensional realms were free and, you know, overlapped and humans were free. And so were the beings within those realms. You know, everybody lived in a co-creative way, interconnected way. And these stories that come from those times are talking about real creator creator beings. You know how I talk about there's these nesting dolls of reality that's creating our reality? Well, the stories that they talk about are talking about some of these beings in these outer nesting dolls realities that are participating in our here and now experience. And RFK brought forward the story of uh, Sithis and that was a really, really powerful thing to do because that is a real outer nesting doll consciousness that has had a long history and interaction with the interact with the psyche, with the internal workings of humanity. Okay. And I, I invite you guys to check out, there's short videos about Kamu's work in, in that, in the book that he was referencing in the story of Sisyphus, I could say it. <laughs> and this is the story of a, um, so when uh, Zeus and the other Anunnaki gods got here, there were already beings called the Titans. And the Titans and the Anunnaki fought and, you know, and the, um, and the Greek god Zeus and his entourage, they fought. And many of the Titans got banned to an underworld called Tartarus, just so, so you guys have the mythology. Um, and they all suffered a endless punishment. You know, this is, this is in general a story. There were two that were not, and that's Prometheus and Epimetheus and uh, 
that that's a whole nother level. But but getting back to um, Sisyphus's story, so he's the he's the Titan that is forever having to roll a giant boulder up a giant hill. And as soon as he gets to the top of the hill, the boulder doesn't go over to the other side and he triumphs. No, he it, the ro the rock rolls back down the hill, and he has to walk back down and get it again. And that is that is his um, punishment, so to speak. Now, RFK invoking that story was so freaking, I mean, the power of that, unbelievable. Because part of the story is that, you know, it looks like it's a hopeless situation. It's never going to end. But yet, this being in his spirit, with all of his strength, shows up and arises anyway. Because knowing that that rock is going to go back down that hill. You see what I mean? So this is speaking to a very deep part of humanity on a collective level that feels like there's no winning, right? Feels like there's no point. You see what I mean? So when he invokes a story, it's touching on a deep, deep subconscious truth that's inside of humans. And on the surface, if you don't dive in deep, you'll think it's hopeless. But it's not. He actually triumphs every time he makes it to the top and walks down why is he triumphing he's triumphing because he is being true to himself and his desire and his and his point right his whole point is i'm showing up no matter what there's no attachment to i'm only going to show up if i get results no i'm going to show up because this is the fire inside of me that is so and therefore i show up with it you see so everybody who listened to those part portions of the interview were getting quite literally activated by a freaking politician. <laughs> That's the part that, that I love. It's like, holy crap, this political figure is invoking a story that has a major activative quality for the subconscious of, of humanity, for the collective. That was blowing me away, absolutely blowing me away. Another really powerful story is the story of Prometheus, you know. And all these beings, these titans, they exist. Just like the, the, the Greek gods existed, exist. You know, they, they've changed form and go by different names, but they're all still in these outer nesting dolls doing what they do. See, Prometheus gave the power of spiritual fire to humanity which gave humanity the ability to be the deciders of their own destiny or fate, right? And it quite literally took the power. So the, so the um, Zeus and the entourage, the Anunnaki entourage, could not have the power that they were trying to have at, during the seeding of this next version of humanity, you know? And Prometheus went against that. And his punishment for it was every morning he was strapped to a rock and every morning a vulture would come and devour his liver so he would get experience getting to his liver devoured while still alive and then the sun would set he would heal and the sun would rise and the vulture would come again so these these stories are telling us about some of these outer nesting doll programs that are undermining the strength of our spirit inside of ourselves you know the parts of us that give up the parts of us that say no to love the parts of us that deny love deny our own love or won't let ourselves be loved taken care of i mean this this goes in, these are deep aspects of ourselves that are natural rivers that flow but then these things um you know work against it inside of us you know we quite literally are our own worst enemy in that way and our deep self is not the enemy. It's the lies that we're told that we need to live. That's the enemy. So this is the battle. This is the battle humanity's going through. What is the real truth versus our programs? And the veils are so thin right now. Everything that is what would be considered, you know, mystical, um, paranormal, occult, it's all right there. It's right there. All you need to do is shift, shift your view a little bit and you're going to see the magnitude of it for those of us that you know are doing this work and we're awakening 
or are awake and are, you know, rocking our path, you know, there's something really powerful coming forward about making every act sacred, making all these different pieces in our lives sacred. Okay. And how do you make something sacred? You simply bring with your awareness, with your atten attention, you bring spirit to that moment with you. Okay. So if you're in nature and you're bringing spirit or creating, you know, ceremony out of all the different things you do in your life, you are engaging in a magical interaction with nature now because nature all of a sudden is showing up differently, very differently. Um, so <laughs> I'm remembering a time when I was in Tennessee. I talked about this, I think, in the chat where I was um, I was learning how to play a um, a lyra, and um, which I've actually put down. But I, I maybe maybe I'll bring it up again. But uh, what was happening is that I dedicated a song that I would that I was perfecting or practicing to the birds, and uh, and and to you know I was in this beautiful part of nature, not not too much unlike where I'm at now. And I was playing with the intention of the songs, you know, reaching, reaching nature around me. And one of my uh, favorite birds, I have many, but one is, one is the bluebird, especially for that area. I was in Tennessee. And something that I was sad about that seemed like there weren't many birds around. You know, you, normally the bird calls are so loud. The songs are so loud. You can barely, you know, have a conversation, like especially in the morning when life is, you know, woof rising up with the sun. Um, but when I was done, by the time I was done playing that song, there were three bluebirds right in front of me. Because <laughs> my eyes were closed. And I opened my eyes and there's three bluebirds right in front of me. And for me, that was a magical interaction. Why was it a magical interaction? Because I was bringing spirit in there. You know, I was acknowledging, the, you know, all of this beauty within myself and around me and hence bringing spirit forward. And there they were showing themselves to me. So as we walk our path, we're awake, and maybe it's, it's a little lonely sometimes being awake to our truth and committed to our truth, but the more we bring spirit into these interactions, the more magic is going to happen, the more our souls become nourished with our daily life. Okay? So we need to keep ourselves nourished as we go through these paths and invent these new ways of living, we invent how to be a multidimensional sovereign human in this world. We're inventing it. We're creating it. And way showers and new paradigm visionaries, that pretty much means that we're on the cutting edge of that act. We're at the cutting edge of that. We're serving humanity in that. You see? So, so, you know, we might be lonely and, and, you know, my advice is to really dive into what, what, what's that, what that's hitting inside of us, you know, our abandonment, our forsakenness, whatever it might be, just, you know, notice, notice what's there. Notice what's there. And we need to not measure our success or failure by the results of our actions or inactions. Okay. Because the result is not the point at all. And this is another way how the programs have really hijacked us being in our uh, authentic, innocent, inspired truth, okay? Because if something happens that's unpredictable that we didn't predict or we didn't intend in our speaking our truth, the program tells us somehow that's our fault for speaking the truth. But that's not true. That's not true. We're speaking our truth or we're being in our authenticity and it's revealing things that have been hidden and unknown. And we want that because there's great power in knowing thyself. How else are we going to know thyself unless we unearth what it is we don't know? You see what I mean? We have to, this is the Pluto cycle. This is us un earthing things and facing it and having it so it no longer keeps us trapped and held and bound 
to the illusions of the old, you know, all the lies that have infiltrated the subconscious and conscious mind of humanity. And we're, you know, we're showing the way in that. So, so really what the stuff, the stuff that might have an adverse, what we call an adverse event because of our authenticity, this is the power plays of the Dark Lords of Saturn and Jupiter showing themselves, okay? Saturn being the, um, you know, the structures, the, you know, the Saturn Dark Lords, there's many, but there's some overarching Dark Lords in there. Um, and then Jupiter are, they're more oriented, orientated around our connection with self, with the ever infinite expanded aspects of self. So in order for us to cross certain thresholds in the expansion of our consciousness, we have to face those dark lords here and there and, and really look at how we are in relationship with that and how we participate in that relationship and alchemize it so it no longer has control. That's why Saturn is represented by the devil card in Tarot, okay? Because it's us that keeps ourselves locked in these agreements. We have to find out how we are keeping ourselves locked in these agreements. And then once we know better, we'll do better, right? We will change the way we do it or what we're doing or how we're looking at things, you know? Dreamtime is a really great place to work this stuff out because your ego driver has very little control over where your spirit takes you in dreamtime or where your entourage takes you in dreamtime. And you go to places that are important for you to see, that are important for you to be aware of. There's lots of ways to work dreamtime. Um, I found the most graceful way is to work it with, you know, tracking into the energy, getting past the story you know, getting past the story and just being in the energy of it. And then you can really make a purposeful choice to accept the energy and integrate it or face what's inside of you that won't let you do that, that won't let you make that choice, you know. So <laughs> I hope this stuff, I hope this is making sense what I'm saying. Oh my gosh, 40 minutes went by already. Jeez, this is this went by very fast. Let me say hello, dear, dear sister. Uh, Beverly, welcome, welcome. And then we have another Beverly. Beverly Jacobs, welcome, welcome. Let me know if this is making sense, um, what I'm saying with um, to you guys about this. Um, you know, us visiting these ancient myths and stories, this is a very powerful time for us to do that um, because of the, you know, the all the, astrological influences, including the interstellar galactic influences, cosmic influences, they are, you know, there's a, as we connect with those stories, there's no longer veils that block the energies of those beings from having contact with, with our, with our energy, you know, with our consciousness. Um, this is even relevant when we're doing grid work because the, uh, the we'll say the Zeus and his entourage, the Titans, the the uh, the great alligator creator being all these all these stories are real beings that participate in our coming to be with the current DNA dance that we have. So as we come in contact with those stories, that's like a bridge to those energies. And those energies are going to trigger a feeling that's inside of us. Those energies are going to bring us someplace. And quite literally, they, that consciousness can help crack open some deeply held blind spots inside of us. And as we do that, that impacts all of our relationships around us. And then that's us doing our part to serve the collective, you know, when we in engage in these ways. Now, the collective of humanity you know, I think a lot of us maybe feel like it could be hopeless or, you know, daunting at the very least, but I'm feeling like we're closer than ever. We are closer than ever as a collective breaking through. And I feel like this current circumstance that's going on with these disclosures, this is going to really, this is, this is going to be an easier cracking than, than we realize. Maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, the cracking would be more like trying to crack open a, 
a hardened geode, you know, stone. But now it feels more like an egg. You know, the cracking is, is you know, people are on their, you know, really coming down to some pieces here. And it's, you know, cracking the collective humanity open is relatively, you know, they're fragile. So it's like an egg. So, hmm. The more fire we can feed inside of us, the fire of our spirit we can feed inside of us, the stronger and stronger and stronger we're going to be. But it takes being honest. It takes being willing to love and be loved and know our love, you know, really visiting all your reasons why you have a yes or a no to love. You know, that's a big one. That's actually the big piece. But there's, you know, other layers over that, right? It's all about the river flow and it's not about the results. It's about you being true to yourself in the moment. It's about you being true to yourself in the moment. That's the big piece. Uh, hey, Susan, good to see you. She says, cracked my coconut, brought me to tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Yes. And in those tears were something that ro rose up, I imagine, too. Something that really was inspired in that. And that's what humanity, that's all humanity needs is inspiration. The actual process itself takes care of itself. We just need humanity. We just need each individual person to be inspired. And they will take inspired action. That that's why this piece that the RFK brought in forward um, brought forward was so freaking powerful. That's I don't think that's the only time he's told that story. I imagine that story is coming out of his mouth quite often, and this is one of his key key pieces: is that a real leader, you know, unites people and inspires people to act beyond their own self interests. You know, and this is a I'm going to say a divine masculine quality. You know, the the mother is kind of like. I'll talk about in alignment, not the distortion, distorted mother, but the, the true natural mother frequency is, is pretty much always in that nurturing state, accepting state. You know, she's always giving because that's, that's the nature. We're, we're, we're the quite literal embodiment of that renewal over and over and over again. It's in a giving state. For the masculine, it's, it's a little bit, um, you know, they're one, they're one degree separate from that. So what inspires ma the masculine energy is, you know, how their existence serves the greater good of all, <laughs> you know, and, and it's not a slave. It's by taking inspired action that is true to them and just that satisfaction of that act, right, brings it forward. And like I said, we need to not pin our success or failure on what we perceive as the results there life is as a river flows how something is in one moment won't be how it is in later moments whether that be an hour from now a week from now 10 years from now okay that act of impeccability had an impact that maybe you can't see but it was something towards truth and beauty and feeds and supports the natural world, okay? We're part of nature, natural world. Natural world is mother nature, the landscapes, but it's also cosmically. It's also the, the um, you know, the, the, the stellar, the interstellar, the galactic. These are all, this is all nature unfolding itself. And we can choose, do we, we wanna be a force that feeds nature with our very beingness or do we want to be a force that takes from nature you know and i don't mean like consumption as in like how we consume food i'm talking about draining life force energy and doesn't give anything back you know that's the taking and that's a lot of our systems that we have going on in this planet that's what a lot of the dark lords of saturn are overseers of you know you know, they corrupt our education system so they can condition our children's, our children so they'll be able to accept the future agenda that's going to be introduced. The, the generation now can't accept it 
but three generations from now, if trained properly, they'll be able to accept it, right? That's, that's, that's how the Dark Lords work. Very patient. And these structures, once they're in place, they're much more difficult to take down, unless you're in a cycle like what we are in right now, which is a great awakening. This is a great falling away of the illusion delusions that humanity has been living for thousands of years. There are many, many cycles coming to a close all at once. And that's why these tower moments are happening, how they can happen at the rapid pace that they're happening. And we can make it through. We can persevere. Absolutely. Matter of fact, the more we, once we discover the trick to the alchemy inside, when we're facing these tower moments, we just become stronger and stronger and stronger. And it doesn't daunt us. It doesn't daunt us. We just become more powerfully anchored in who we really are more committed to our truth, our love, our beauty. You see, we just become more and more solid in who we are. These are the times. That's why star seeds, that's why we're here. You know, we're like, oh, hell yeah. Let it burn. Burn, baby, burn. <laughs> you know, oh, not that. <laughs> yeah, I think we've had that experience. <laughs> you know, and, and for me, it's always my, my closest relationships, like family and, and partners and stuff like this. That's, that's usually, that's the scene where it unfolds. Um, deep friendships. Um, on a collective level, you know, I've come to a whole nother place inside of myself that is ready to really commit and go into community. You know, um, what I mean by community, that means making a priority effort into connecting with the people that really meet me, you know, and go and to go, you know, out of my way to, to feed those connections and to let, you know, grow a community like that. You know, it's person by person, it's one by one, yes. And, you know, I definitely have that community within Lightbody. And I think everybody in Lightbody can agree that they, they have that, they have that sense with each other, you know, especially those that are in the how, in the how work, the Heal Acceleration Lab work. That's like, we're very, very deeply, deeply, um, you know, connected and feel like we, this is a really nurturing, supportive community. Um, and now I want that in human, or not in human, in uh, physical, physical life, physical world, <laughs> you know. When we can get together um, in person, it's amazing. And, and we did that actually at our Sasquatch gathering. There's, a, there's an area where the Sasquatch invited us all to come and, uh, and meet and connect with each other, but also connect with the natural world, with the elemental realm, the fairies realm, and the um, Sasquatch worlds. It's like, and the, and you know, they did. We got together. We got to see each other. It was so wonderful to see each other in person. And then to make it even sweeter, you know, we got to have this amazing experience with the Sasquatch and the Fae realm. And that um, taught so much, taught me so much, so much. I'm still, those, those lessons are still unfolding. See, the thing about the elemental world, if you're going to engage with it, you really need to be, um, I would say, gentle. You really need to let yourself be gentle, not just with other beings, but with yourself. Because in that softness, in that gentleness, your innocence and purity comes out. And that is where they connect with you. That is where the elemental realm can meet you. And once you can meet in those realms, magic is afoot. And whatever that magic might be. I'm learning how to align my creative forces, my creative energy with the different, you know, in, in a very uh, respectful way to bring beauty into life, into not just my life, but life around me, you know. Um, but that requires me being sensitive and listening and being soft and receptive. And, and then I go back and forth between listening, being soft and respect, um, um, receptive into taking action, soft and receptive, taking action, you know, like this kind of dance. And there's times that the action needs to be a very strong action, you know, so it's, um, it's not a full time, I'm always like this. It's like, no, this is a part of me. This is a part of me. And the more actions we take from those, those places inside of us that are in harmony with the elemental world, 
right? That is how we integrate this, these energies. That is how we integrate the reality we want into this reality. That's how we retake our authority in our lives by choosing how we want to spend our, our creation energy and going in that direction. Sure, you might start off with some structures, like some, you know, some of those Saturn, Saturn structures that you're in, but that structure that isn't the end-all be-all. That's just a structure held in place through a collective of beings. You can bring in other structures and maybe you can add to it or maybe you can let that, you know, let the tower moments happen and structures completely fall away. And now you have your palace that you've created, right? You can do that, absolutely. But it takes, it takes courage, it takes courageousness, it takes inspiration, you know what I mean? It takes all these things to be resourced from inside to have the strength and tenacity, endurance to do this. Because we're working against a very strong current. Not that we can't do it, but just that it takes a strength of character to get it done, you know, to take those actions. <laughs> it takes a lot of strength of character to take those actions. So the humanity you doing on your personal level is assisting the rest of humanity and figuring out how to do it on their own level. You know, the biggest thing is about being an inspiration. You know, we can we can choose to be inspiring if that's if that's the truth inside of us. And that means a lot. Um, I talked before about the significance of poetry, of music, of art. That's all part of it. That's all part of the, the pieces here. And. You know. When things feel hopeless or daunting and we're really scared and we're in those feelings, especially in trapped, feeling trapped and depressed, you know, trapped often leads to depression. You know, we're in that feeling because we are disconnected from our spirit. We're disconnected from our truth. We are all in our mind thoughts about whatever's going on. We are in our programming. Okay. When we nourish ourselves, with the magnificence of creation and there's lots of ways to do that when we do that on a regular basis miracles start becoming possible they even start happening you know things that you never thought were possible that were things that you never thought would shake that you never thought would fall will but we have to make that to be willingness we have that willingness to connect inside to to that infinite aspect of us and let the river flow inside the river flow has many frequencies within it has love within it has compassion within it oh look at that ah, look right around it um, has compassion within it it has the desire for beauty to bring beauty the desire to um to be a part of this reality you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's all these different pieces inside that river flow. And the more we resource from that inside, we're going to start seeing different options happen on the outside. You know, the more we resource from this inside, the more integrated we become inside, the more in tune with how we're truly feeling and what's happening inside we become. Right. And then all of a sudden those things will start changing and the because the energy inside of us is changing the kind of frequencies we're feeding inside of us. We're making a different choice. We're feeding the beauty inside of us. And now that beauty can grow. That's not to say that you avert from things that are not in that beauty. But no, no, because when we are integrating inside of ourselves, we have a lot of we have a lot of um, pain and suffering and trauma in our ancestry and our soul's journey that needs to come forward. So it can be so it can wash away with the river flow. It can be dissolved with love and compassion and those parts of us can come back home i had a teacher many years ago Barbara, well i talk about barbara all the time barbara handclaw and um you know so she used to go to lilydale new york every summer to do um alchemy the nine dimension work and there was lots of things that we did that were outside of that or not necessarily um in you know in the workings of of the book and all this stuff but but they were very, very important for us to do. And one of the things that she brought forward that I never, 
I never um, really fully embraced, but I realized because I had a huge resistance to it. I remember when I heard it, I was resistant to it. Matter of fact, when I heard her say this, I thought to myself, wow, I'm really fucked up. <laughs> you know. And what she said was, one of our major responsibilities here on this planet, in this body, in this realm, actually in this realm is more accurate than planet. The, one of the main things that we're here to do when we're in a body in this realm is to make home. Mm-hmm. Was to make home. And when she said that, you know, there was a lot of energy in those workshops. I was, I was, I was struck when she said that. I was just like, holy crap. Um, back then, I was still a stay-at-home mom. And I was like, man, am I, am I, <laughs> I really felt the gravity of how much distortions and messed up stuff was inside of my subconscious. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I didn't know what to do with it. So I just kind of set it aside. And I'm like, I'm going to deal with, with what I can deal with, you know, and I have, and I did, and I, and I do. Um, but even today I, I revisited that. Um, this morning, I had a beautiful meditation this morning, beautiful process of healing and letting go. And I, in the process of doing all that, all of a sudden I felt the true desire to make home. And it was beautiful and full of gratitude and beauty. And what I realized, and on a deeper level, is that I completely have the ability to make home. I have everything I need to make home right here, right now. I have everything I need to make home. So when you, when you guys think about this, what does it mean to make home for you? Well, one of the things is that um, it's a place for you to dwell and to heal and be nourished, right? It's a place for you to root, to create from to reap the resources of to you know for your creations it's also for you to bring others human and not to commune share in meals share stories relationships you know home now i'm just listing a few things but you might have some other pieces in there too that you would really want in what you would really want in your home what is real home so if you're looking around your home and it's full of clutter and you don't feel good when you look at it or, you know, you're very unhappy with your home where you are, that's not home. That's just a place that you're living. Okay. Home is a place where you are nourished. You, it, you know, it, it inspires feelings of love, of, of a comfort, of, um, you know, you really are satisfied and feel at peace. That's what a real home is. So if you are in a place and you're looking around and it does, this place does not bring you good feelings, you don't feel nourished, you don't feel happy in this place, you haven't made home yet. Not yet. You've just made a place to live. So I hope, I hope this food for thought triggers something for you. So maybe you can pat yourself on the back because you look around and you're extremely happy with where you are. You feel totally nourished and comforted and at peace where you are. In which case, bravo, Starshine, bravo. Bravo. Hmm. I'm smiling because I can just, I feel it already creating inside the home it's like the home i've always wanted you know didn't know that i wanted but here it is that's the other cool thing you know we discover who we are in our creations we discover who we are sometimes we think we want something and we have it and then we're not happy with it not satisfied with it it's because it wasn't really you know it came from a lie it came from something you told yourself you should want <laughs> not what your heart wants not what your soul wants not what your spirit wants you see 
when you start creating the things that your spirit really wants that is there and really wants you to do if that changes the ball game completely life isn't an energy drain life is a path of inspiration of nourishment of beauty it's an adventure absolutely worth waking up for every day so so if you're in that trapped space if you're feeling depressed lost or lonely maybe this is the place to start bring in your spirit and find out what you need to make home for your spirit for yourself what does what needs to be there what nourishes you what comforts you what brings you peace It's funny. For me, it's flowers. I love flowers. Like having flowers like uh, in the house or wherever. I love flowers. When I wake up and there's flowers on the table, I just smile and smell them and feel them. And, you know, I had this whole tactile experience with my flowers. Anyway, anyway, anyway. All right, guys, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. I really hope that it's helpful, these pieces that I talked about. You know, it's funny, I had in my mind what I wanted to talk about and I ended up going in all these other directions. <laughs> so I didn't really get too as deep, as much into the collective piece as I wanted to. But I, I, I guess it's just right. It's just as it needs to be. Thank you, everybody, so much. Um, I love you all. And I hope you guys have a great week. And thank you again for all those comments. Keep commenting. Do know that I read them. And um, dear sister Beverly and our, and our team, she also, um, she responds and acknowledges all those, those um, comments too. And uh, do know that we really appreciate it. And um, we, we're so grateful that you're here to be with us in this journey. So with that, I will say goodbye. Mwah. I love you, love you, love you. Until next time. Have a great week, guys. Have a great week. <laughs>